You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You've got you got some sort of like oh, what are you Slavic fucking <laughs> facial hair setup going on here. I like it. <laughs> Javon, quick thoughts. R. Kelly. Carter comes up shooting. Got it! One point two seconds to go. Vince Carter, you are amazing. Give it to me, a little baby black. Garbage out of here. <laughs> Welcome to Toronto Sport Matters podcast number sixty four. Joined as always with Gregory Yeroshadis. What's up, T. Dot? Uh, to his left, my homie Christian Graffin. How's it going? And the return after what a couple months selling oh, tie dye no. t shirts and doing crude characterizations of no, uh, Filipino tourists in Miami, Javon Bigard has made a decision <laughs> to join us on the pod again. Javon, how you doing, bud? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. I'm happy to be back. You know, I have a few gripes to get off my chest, but overall, uh, that's trademarked by Diamond Pizza. You fucking take that back. If that is Greg's swag. gripe. He wants some swag. Uh, can we just like quickly comment on your like super, super, super sketchy but great facial hair situation right now? What I love about high school girls. They keep getting older. I stay the same age. Yeah, like you they got... Do. That's a yes, perfect... They do. Dude, you got like the ped- pedophile McConaughey thing going on right now. <laughs> well, you guys are brave joking about that in this climate. Whew. I know. It's chilly Whew. outside, man. Uh, sponsors. <laughs> say no one to please. No one to... We're not corporate, you know? We can say what we want. Hey, no, notice how Graffin is just not saying anything right now. Well, Diamond Pizza, I think, is a corporate head office, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's in Scarborough, by the way. Yeah, it's in the back where they uh, harvest all the organs we're about to sell in the black market. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean that, Diamond Pizza. You make a great Panzerati. Um, all right, let's get to the topic at hand. We're going to talk some Toronto Raptors basketball. Guys, what the fuck happened to the Cleveland Cavaliers? Graffin. The Cleveland Cavaliers? No, I don't think anyone expected them to be this. To, to be to be good. To, well, like losing the Cavaliers is kind of the point I wanted to bring up. The Cavaliers oh, aren't a good oh, team. The fact that we lost to them the other night was a little disheartening. The only reason it was disheartening for me is because Kawhi was playing and, and you know, we didn't look as good as any of the other nights. But I get at the same time, it was a back to back, right? Well, we'll, go, we'll talk yeah. about it now. That's so we, on the road. Kawhi was rested, though. Your best players are rested. No, I know. I'm just saying the game doesn't really matter for us. So a couple easy wins against the Miami Heat and the Pelicans, a couple unfortunate back-to-back losses, the Detroit Pistons and the Houston Rockets. Guys, what game stood out to you the most? The Houston game. The Houston game, because look, the Cavs, like, the only difference between the Miami game and the Cleveland game was that, look, you live and die by the three, man. In the Miami game, we hit, like, an all-time record in threes, and in the Cleveland game, we went, like, five for 35 or some ridiculous number, right? Yep. Um, But the Houston game stands out because, like, if you're an elite team, you circle on your calendar those types of games. Uh, The offense looked anemic. Uh, we had that great third quarter, and I thought Nurse left the bench in a bit too long. The bench just really was struggling. Um, and As they have up, all year. Yeah, but give it up to Houston, though, like because I think Houston right now is playing the best basketball in the NBA. They, they play the Golden State Warriors tonight. They got, um, they got Capella back. 
What's He's that? Been, Capella's been back for a while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris so Paul's back. Chris like, Paul. like they're balling, man. Like they figured it out again. Yeah, I think it's on. A, like the the big takeaway for me for Houston this year was just the scheme, man. It's not the players. Well, maybe James Harden, obviously, but like look at Kenneth Faree just sliding into Capella's position, just dropping fifteen and ten on a nightly basis, man. That's fun. I, I still think that, Houston that was is the number one, the number two team in the league right now. I still think it's Houston. They're the scariest team now. Ninth, earlier in the year, yeah, we were saying at, that, but, but now, yeah, I agree yeah, exactly. The, the injuries, injuries right? and the losses. Plus, the, their roster is completely flipped from the beginning of the year to now. They've picked up so many different people and put yeah. different parts together. Like, look, Daryl Morey just got the extension for five years I, I think Houston right now the way that they're constructed and the way they're playing specifically is the scariest team going into the playoffs well you know they you know they beat Golden State three times this year really and All six three times. and they're six and one in the regular season over the last two years against them wow. so tonight seeing how seeing as how bad Golden State's been playing it's a big game actually it is um, but but a hey, brand if we can if we can go back to the to the Raptors I I think Part of the problem, too, that's frustrating when you talk about the Cleveland game versus the Miami game was that, again, for me, it's this jack-up three offense where if you're not on that night, you're not going to win. But secondly, it's like the consistency in the ball movement from one game to the next when you insert Kawhi Leonard in is concerning. And this is why, like, the load management, right, becomes an issue. The team's... Now that we got Gasol... It's supposed to be a pass-heavy offense, Sounds and like, a, I haven't seen it. That's a great point you brought up. Um, so another point I kind of want to bring up in discussion was Kawhi Leonard. Um, obviously, coming the season, a lot of hype uh, surrounding bringing in you know a perennial MVP contender, arguably a top five guy in the league. Um, you know, parity is the death of us, and you know, obviously, Demar Derozan was a fantastic basketball player, but he wasn't getting us over that sort of playoff hump. Come in. Comes Kawhi Leonard, uh, breath of fresh air, and a miracle is happening right now because obviously you have the rest of the guy, but we are 14 and five without him in the lineup. There's obviously moving parts uh, attributing to this. I think the number one for me would be the emergence of Pascal Siakam yep. uh, in contention for most improved player of the year. Jovan um, Adam picked. Jovan, what are your what are your thoughts on the team next year? In con- considering that if we do lose Kawhi, we still have Danny Green, and there's also guys out there like Chris Middleton, Al Horford on player options. You know, you got Kyrie out there, Those you got Jimmy Butler, side. Tobias Harris, potential free agent options out there in combination with our current roster, our current core of Lowry, yeah, yeah, Gasol, yeah. Siakam. No, no, no. Yeah, for sure. Pascal Siakam is the future face of the franchise. We don't need Kawhi Leonard. I look back to last season and the season prior to that. Pascal Siakam was one of the key guys in that second lineup that everybody was talking about. Bench mob this, yeah. bench mob that. Siakam. The Raptors have no bench this year. Why? Who's the missing piece? Yeah, I've been saying that all Siakam. year. Siakam. Siakam's in the starting lineup now. Siakam's the game changer in most moments in the game. We're not saying, oh, look at Kawhi Leonard's highlight dunk. Look at his highlight block. Look at his, you know, his transition play. We're saying this, know, all man. these things for Siakam. Kawhi's still like. So Kawhi's still the man. Like he closes games. He, he's efficient scoring. I think the my po- thing with my thing with Kawhi is that he's a ball stopper and he's not conducive towards team success. He's conducive towards Kawhi's success. What do you mean though? His team's always sorry, sorry, graph, graph. But they also yeah, his winning percentage is is insanely high with the Raptors. I, 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 with the Raptors, but just as a pro, he has yeah, like with seven, the he has like a seventy percent winning percentage. But look at the team Dude who he, won look, his whole look, life. Look at the team who he was with prior though. He was with, with San Antonio Spurs. Spurs. It's not his so, fault. But I'm not saying it's his fault, but I'm saying that the Spurs would have won without him and the Spurs put him ah! in. How do you know that? What do you mean? They, they won last year. Like they ah. made it to the playoffs. They didn't go far, but they had a winning record. 
Yeah, and they so won the championship. Records, with they had a winning record, and he was the MVP. He the, prolonged the that like, dynasty. All, <laughs> like what I'm yeah, trying to say, sure. what I'm trying to say is that the Spurs had a system that was conducive towards team success. Everybody played their role, moved the ball, cut to the basket when they needed to, gave that little bit of extra effort, and Kawhi was the icing on top or the guy that would get them over that hump. Like maybe he can't handle the physical rigors of being the number one guy. guy. Who would stop LeBron. Okay, my so question is, he's, he's, he's built. got them there, and it was Kawhi who stopped LeBron for them to win that championship. Hold on, now, Greg, now, hold Greg, on. The, let me just finish the point I was about to say. So the, he can't handle the physical rigors of being the number one guy within the sense that when he's on the Spurs, his minutes were monitored. He was typically playing under 30. He would get days off. He, they were really controlling the amount of time he was on the court, staying with the Raptors and, uh, and resting in general. I, I'm on your side. I'm just trying to be the devil's advocate. I don't situation. think it's a physical thing. Thing. Uh, look, to be honest, he's not even trying it on defense. In the and you see when he flips a switch I agree. and he tries, I agree. it's crazy. Like uh, so, I'm with. Look for so, him. It's all about. And I know we've said this before, but it's all about the playoffs. If he turns up his defense and he continues to score like he's doing, but the key thing, time, is, the man, key thing is time. if though. If what what makes you think that he's gonna want to turn it on in the playoffs because or I, if something doesn't go his I way, think he's a will he turn it off? Because uh, what do you mean? Uh, hold on, what do you mean by that? Like what what evidence is there ever that you would say that he would turn it off? He's a competitive because, guy. But he's Kawhi, never Kawhi, it off. Kawhi's yeah, not sold on Toronto in my opinion. Win. He's not sold on Toronto, and he doesn't care whether we win or lose. Because if he did care whether we won or lose, he would have been like, you know what, I want to play every game. And we haven't heard that from Kawhi. No, well, Kawhi came out. Kawhi game. came out today and said, I appreciate the health, the rest that I'm getting, the, the fact that they're looking after my body and they're preserving me for the playoffs. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that basically he appreciates he's dictating it, but- it. I think he's the one at the beginning of the year who's like, I think I need more rest. And they're like, perfect. We'll make a plan at the beginning of the year. Here's all your rest days. Any back to back. Like This plan's been in place from the beginning of the year with Kawhi. Oh no, for sure. It has been. But I still think that to have Kawhi as the end all and be all of the Raptors is, is a false mindset. I don't think he's going to be there for us when we need him the most. And to extend that, I don't think he's going to be a Raptor next season. Look, and so I, all I these moves that Masai Ujiri might be making to try and keep Kawhi, I think is all for naught. But I think oh, we need to take what we have with him, right? Use him the way we wait. need to use him. And at the end of the year, when he wants to move back to San Diego, where he just bought his new mansion, he no, can no, go no, to no. that team that in San Diego. Mansion, what that team mansion in San Diego? is three hours away. <laughs> yeah. What team in San Diego? That no, mansion is saying, like, three hours away <laughs> from where I, I Google mapped it. Okay. I'm serious, bro. Yeah. Okay. Because when I saw that too, I was like, oh man. And how did Kobe used to get to the Staples Center? Helicopter? Okay. Yeah, I quite got no helicopter. Yeah, that claw brand isn't the that La- big the, yet. The Lakers, the Clippers will give him a damn helicopter. Well, he doesn't have to pay for no, that. He doesn't. Okay, on the so house. hold on. The, the whole point of I think though is that if we're going, we went fourteen and five this year without Kawhi, right? Yeah. If all these free agents on Boston, Philadelphia, uh, Milwaukee are all there, and who knows what's going to happen in the East next year? I guess is the point. Yeah, like, it could be wide open. What happens if Durant and Kyrie stay in or go to the West or stay in the West? Oh, man, they're Durant. going to the Knicks. Like who? Who knows what's going to happen? though really yeah. so for the Raptors we got this if year. we didn't have Kawhi even with our team I'm pretty confident with Siakam leading it that we would have a top three team no matter what happens exactly I agree which is why I don't think that the the uh, the Raptors should have traded JV I think that he would have been a complimentary piece to the new Siakam Raptors and I don't so, think Gasol can do that so all right, that, we're moving down the list guys we got about an hour left we got okay fine Greg last point no, well, we were just talking about the Valanciunas trade, and I know we wanted to talk about that. Yes, you she, don't she, think you don't think they should have traded him? No, not at all, not at all. Graffin thinks. No, I like the, I like what we have now. Again, like with with Gasol, that is because again, it's someone who moves the ball around. 
It stretches the defense, uh, sorry, stretches the offense out for us a ton. He's a solid screen setter, um, and he's got better hands. Than I think Dallas it was does. that trade was absolutely necessary in my opinion. Of Again, course. with the Demar Derozan situation, what are you going to do? You're going to keep you're going to keep looking at the same shit, the same iteration of the team every single year, hoping that something's going to change, or completely mix it up. You got to mix it up. You can't you, you can't sit completely mix it. You up? can't sit idle. Like, well. But I do think you have to mix it up. And I think he made the right moves in the offseason to mix it up. He got rid of a yeah. franchise player. Okay. The face of the franchise, he re- completely replaced that guy. So right. this is too much change. This is too much change. But here's and the it's game. depleting the chemistry to a point where I don't think it's going to, it's not going to lead to success. So CJ Miles is not playing. Jonas Valanciunas is the backup center at 18 minutes per he game, realistically playing 15. Serge Ibaka was our starting center. It was a co op. Nick Nurse was selling the snake oil, man. He, he, he told JV he would get minutes and he got less minutes than Casey gave him. And DeLon Wright shooting 35% from the field and he's redundant with Jeremy Look look at the Raptors win-loss record before JV went down. And oh, tell yeah. me where they were. That's, where not were they? The, that's not the point I'm of making, though. Is. The point I'm making that is that playing. when you're stuck when, in me, Javon, when the Raptors Javon, stop one person at a time. Go. When we're stuck in mediocrity, yeah. you got to make a decision and say, do I want to be mediocre or do I want to go uh, try we to make an so effort question, to jump get over the me, Is mediocrity the best team in the NBA? Yes. That's mediocrity is the best team in the NBA. Yes. Okay, well, well, if that's your impression of media, what are we working toward? It's to win a championship. It's to, to go to the finals. And if like you I finish before, first in the, the East- Raptors, the Raptors had found something in that new dynamic where it wasn't JV and Ibaka starting at the same time. It was either or, and they would put one of them in depending on the matchup, and they found magic there. Okay, I'm telling you, the Raptors were a different team when they right. Had that so dynamic. you got to think about Masai Ujiri's methodology going into that. We I have that either one of or the other are on the court, right? Yeah. Laying between Ibaka or Valanciunas. Yeah. Why not have that exact same thing, but instead of a Baca Valanciunas, you have a Baca and a oh. perennial all-star in Marcus Gasol. That can pass the ball. That can, that can give you a different a look at least. shadow of the all-star he used to be. No, absolutely. He's 30, well, I'm not denying that. Jump. He's a high IQ guy. Yeah. And if it's all about the playoffs, in theory, this should help us come playoff times. If I could just say, the big thing I think, and I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but JV, he didn't fit the timeline. He was between the young guys and the vets. With Gasol, if Leonard walks, trade Gasol, trade Lowry. Gasol's done. Start with the young dudes, right? Siakam and Ananobi, and build it up. All right, guys, we got to move down the list. We only got about an hour for the pod. All right, second topic I want to discuss, Serge Ibaka. My favorite time of the year is when Serge Ibaka just decides to lose his fucking mind and swing on a fool. We saw it happen against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Marquise Chris uh, obviously said something to him. Ibaka popped up immediately, grabbed him by the neck and threw a couple punches. Um, Graffin, is is this good to have like a, like a tough sort of enforcer type on the team or is it kind of a detriment when it comes to him obviously losing three games suspension and also trying to gel with the new free new guys who brought in, you know, obviously Marcus Saul, uh, Jerry Lynn, Lynn etc. Lynn, I, I'm gonna go, I guess, against the hot take. I don't think it's a good thing. Like I know it shows toughness in the team, but but does it's, it show it's basketball? That? Like I don't. Marquis Chris again. I honestly don't. <laughs> I don't like the move from Baca. Like you said, there's been a lot of change recently yeah. with the Raptors roster. Exactly. Baca's he's the centerpiece almost of it, like figuratively and literally Mm -hmm. in the fact that he's the starting center. Yeah. He's the one that's going against Gasol right now for a starting job. We all know that. And the last couple games down the stretch are going to prove that. So why, why, if you're a Baca though, why would you go in a three game suspension? Let Gasol get sort of acclimated with Lowry and Kawhi. You're giving him the opportunity to do this. 
Plus, but you're isn't also that a ruining good thing the, then? But you're ruining the chemistry for. Yeah, again, no, he could be planned, the right option over Marcus Sol. This is Who one knows? of these things that might. Well, guys, 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 quickly, quickly, quickly. One person at a time. We are not first take. Alrighty. Let's do this. This is one of these things where a positive might come from a negative. Right? Where, where because Ibaka's not playing, Gasol's got to get more minutes. And hopefully, he can start to then gel with the team a bit. Do you I think, think that he, went yeah, through we'll, Ibaka's we'll mind see who's when he's no, 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 no. I'm not saying it was I just said it. Like, I, I don't think it was planned. But a positive in this case maybe can come from it. Right. In that now, you you know, Mark Mark's going to get more time. Well, it's a very glass half full approach to it. But I just don't think, well, A, I don't think Ibaka even thought about this. No, no. I'm it came out. Remember last year we had an interview with Jack and we asked him about about Ibaka and what happened with that team incident and why the team suspended him? Well, it came out recently that he punched a team staff member on the team bus. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. that's why he got that suspension Ibaka last year. is a no You add that up with talker. Robin Lopez, with Marquise Chris. Who do you I think he punched? Again, he's a... I think he punched the big cat. <laughs> but again, I just don't think with these games down the stretch, it's important for us to gel right now. Yeah. Like that's it's all about chemistry. Yeah. And and if it was against Boston and he was fighting like Baines, that's different. In the play, like yeah. No, no, no. You know what I mean? Like sending a met like Brandon talked about like the toughness, the enforcer. They're in the playoff run, that's right? sending a message. But yep. this is against some kid. Like, you know what I the mean? In a, in, a wor- in a worthless game. And we were down by 20 already in the third quarter. I, yeah, that made no sense. Is there any context behind that situation? Like, well, is, was there anything said? Like, yeah, I've seen a slight push when he was in something. the air. I just don't something. think Marquise Chris was any situation to even be talking. Former fourth overall pick. Fucking, what, third team in, in a yeah. year? Like, but, shut the fuck up, guy. Like, shut the fuck prompted. up and show your respect. Yeah, I guess. Like, he... Right? He can't, this he, kid said something to him. Who the fuck are you? So maybe I'm with Graffin on this. Like, you can't let small fries rattle you like that. Like, you're a yeah. fucking... Yeah. You, you know, you're one of the better centers in the Eastern Conference, man. Don't let these I little... I think it might speak to a bigger issue, though. I think it might speak to maybe a role change that Ibaka's going through and different sets, different plays, so much different personnel, so much different things that he's not used to. I think Ibaka thrives with a continuity or a flow of the way things are and he's not easily adaptable to change Mm -hmm. and I think all of that culminated plus that situation of being down by 25 being slightly shoved I think it might have just blown a gasket for him for sure All right, moving down the list um I know a graph you want to talk about this for a bit. Um, <laughs> there's not much of a discussion because the Raptors uh, signed Eric Moreland today. We'll talk about him in a second. But um, with Ibaka gone for the three days, um, like what kind of player would you like to see? Like you were mentioning Gortat as an option. Um, you know, like Boucher could step yes. off and fill the minutes. I know you had your hard set on uh, Graf. You had your hard set on Randolph as well. Um, just quickly, Eric Moreland. Uh, he's a six foot ten, two hundred thirty eight pound. Uh, power forward center came out from Oregon State. From what I can read about the guy, he seems like a defensive stud. Um, how do you, what do you think he's going to do for the Raptors moving forward, especially for Bach out? Uh, well, uh, for these three games, we're actually going to see quite a bit of him. I think. Uh, I know Boucher. I mean, first of all, Siakam's going to play small ball uh, center minutes. Quite That's a bit, another positive, which is going to be another thing that we're going to get to experiment with. We're yep. going to see another different starting lineup. He did start, I think it was two years ago for the team that he was on, a couple games as well. Mm-hmm. Like he's not, he's not unfamiliar with the NBA. I think if anything, he'll come in, just fill the role, and then after that, regress right back. And I mean, we have to sign someone, right? This weekend's sort of the deadline. So if anyone, I wanted Zach Randolph originally. I wanted someone with a veteran 
toughness, but more of a toughness reputation than anything else. Just voice of experience, though, right? Look, no one else in my mind has gone up to Boogie Cousins and wanted to fight him multiple times on the court, whereas Boogie has literally backed off. Mm -hmm. Except for Randolph. Randolph is that guy. Like, his reputation alone, and even if you put him in for... Two minutes at the end of a at the end of a game where it means nothing. Yeah, he'll make sure nothing. I happens. like the idea of a specialist in force. Exactly. No, well, no, I it's, wanted someone like him. I don't well, know. We had, like, we had Monroe. Honestly, the highlight. I like Monroe too. The highlight of my season so far is when uh, Cousins just kind of toss, basically the rook Tatum. You know, Rogier is getting all pissed off, gets right in Boogie's face, and Bane's like, no, 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 small fry, I got this shit, and just gets right in fucking Boogie's cousins. You can see he got a little rattled by the Aussie. Love that. And I and like like you were mentioning, maybe Moreland is that type of guy. You never know. You're mentioning Randolph. Maybe Moreland's an enforcer. Maybe Moreland and Baca. And who, no one can fuck with us in the front court. The guy's got a lot of tattoos. I don't know. He looks kind of terrifying. What about Mello? I don't know, man. The no. fact that the greatest player in the history of the NBA is still a free agent is just <laughs> shocking to me. The icon. Yo, our bench can't get any worse. When LA's de- when he's declining the Lakers' option to come play on their team, you know the hey, Lakers are If bad, he agreed man. to come off the bench, so you knew he wouldn't be an issue in that no. sense, he said, uh, yep, I'll come off the bench. I don't think we have a role for him right now. Definitely Honestly, not. I don't. Yeah, I'm just He's grasping. Destroy I'm just grasping at straws. We're we have a role debating, for him yeah, at the Raptors 95 Hershey Center. <laughs> All right, this is our last topic for the Raptors discussion. Uh, the Hershey Center? I think they changed it. I think I think Javon doesn't realize that his questions that he's throwing to Greg are being recorded as well. We got a robot convo. Well. Um, <laughs> so uh, last question of the Raptors segment. Uh, we kind of had a discussion last week about potential playoff rotation. Uh, who is on the chopping block? Who's going to play? Um, uh, obviously, Patrick McCaw, who got the start for Kawhi, has kind of emerged as the most logical guy to sort of fill that seven eight role. Love it. Um, what are your thoughts on Pat McCaw, and has he kind of emerged as the front? Runner, uh, Greg, for the uh, for the bench spot. I, I absolutely love McCaw. I think I think he's an elite. Uh, like he's he gives you what Delon Wright gave you on defense, but more. Yeah. Like he's a better athlete, and he's a little lankier too. More, yeah. Like he's more into the ball. Uh, he doesn't give you as much offensively, but he knows his limitations. Mm. He's a utility player. Well, he's the perfect sort of Swiss Army knife player, right? Yeah, and yeah, again, yeah. he has that experience with Golden State. I think it's his job to lose right now because Jeremy Lin, ha- as, although he had a couple good games, he hasn't been playing well overall for the Raptors. You're talking about Marcus Gasol not playing well enough. I'm Jeremy, not saying Marcus Gasol's not playing well. He's just not JV. No, yeah, but he's I, not playing But my up point to is Jeremy Lin is making it. He said it. Yeah. I, my point is that Jeremy Lin is sort of making it easier for him. OG's been playing well recently. He's starting yes. to actually play like a slasher. Yeah, yeah. But I still think Patrick McCaw if you're gonna, and, and OG right now are sort of neck and neck to see the playoff minutes. And I don't think we're going to see Jeremy Lin in the playoffs when we get when we get I don't really back. think we... Yeah. He seems like the kind of guy, though, like if he was on the bench, like he would be like a very positive yeah. sort of yeah, yeah. upbeat sort of guy off the bench. Player coach. Yeah, player for coach. sure, for sure. IQ, but I can sure. see if we're playing in the finals against someone like Golden State, I can see someone like Patrick McCall guarding like Steph Curry, yeah. so we can so we can spread it out. No, not Boucher. Durant Put more pressure like on that. him. I, I see <laughs> him as an option to throw on Kyrie Irving. Okay, I, there I you honestly think guards, that yeah. he was got Eric for that purpose. No, but like Irving, because Irving has torn us apart. Yep. You know what I like about McCaw? Just like the last couple of games, he can drain the open three. Yeah, no, you leave him open, he can hit the three. You know, as a defensive specialist, you know, it's obviously the defensive game is going to be a little, little bit of a liability, but he does have and a little bit of an offensive game as well. And he's the one who sort of, like I said, like Brandon said, actually, like he replaced Kawhi in that starting lineup. Yeah. He gave us the jolt 
right? Like him yeah. and Siakam together was like so much more energy yeah. as opposed to Ka- Kawhi's sort of slow it down, exactly. isolation style More offense, pressure on the right? defense. All right, moving into the second quarter, uh, we're going to talk about general NBA news. Um, just a quick shout out to the man who made the music for our podcast, the lovely, lovely intro, Makimoto, currently on Big Brother Season that. 7. <laughs> Big Brother Season 7, crushing it right now. He's going to win the $100,000, I hope at least. Um, Wait, hold on one second. Say that again. I've been out the loop. Hold on. Mac is on Big Brother? Yeah, he's on Big that Brother one, right now. Jabam was roommates of Mackie <laughs> in university as well, which That's is kind of funny. Great. That guy oh, would he, do something You gotta like holler at your boy, man. No, I know. I've been, I've been out of it, man. I've been so like, fuck, man. Out of it. Uh, Investing in the youth. Investing all right, going to the NBA discussion is education. So, again, forgetting that he's being recorded. <laughs> I, got, I got to pick up groceries after this. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going into general NBA news. Uh, we're going to talk about the Warriors really quickly. We have to. Um, sort of the question I'm going to pose you guys is there an expiration date for the Warriors dynasty sort of in lieu of you know Kevin Durant uh, DeMarcus Cousins Clay Thompson's pending free agency do you view this as the last season of dominance is Brandon, this is yes. the three-peat in jeopardy and what would be the lasting legacy of this iteration of the team do you know what the expiration date is July 1st that's the day of free agency I think shit's going to go down and I'm hoping that just the, I mean, I was just on the crapper reading up, right? This is where I get my sources. And there's rumors. I'm never touching your cell phone. Ever there's again. rumors. Hold on. There, there's rumors that, that have come out now that um, Durant oh, wait, wait. had a meeting with the Warriors. I got that. Sorry, I got that. With the Knicks. With the Knicks sorry, I got that. Just a little side note. I love when you fucking send me a story on like Facebook Messenger because <laughs> it's either from like an accredited journalistic institution or some like buttfuck weirdo writing on his yeah. blog. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like Marcin Gortat trying out for the Canadian Olympics. Like, hey, hey, he's not Canadian. The Olympics aren't <laughs> happening this year. No, I continue. No, but um, sorry, sorry, I lost my point here. What? No, what, with Durant. What you were saying? About oh yeah, so so he's he's been rumored now to have met with the Knicks. Like a secret meeting that took place, okay. and this is the kind of stuff I'm hoping can break up the Warriors. Draymond Green signed with Clutch. Mm, he LeBron. signed with Clutch. That's not nothing. No. Yeah, but yeah, how many kilometers are left on Draymond Green's body? That guy is not much of a... Yeah, he no, no, but I, I, I'm right. just saying, like, like these things can get in the way uh, of... Because, right, that it basically looks like he's positioning himself to go to the Lakers if they don't give him the money. So I see it as if Kevin Durant leaves... I can't see Draymond and Steph going. Obviously, they're still locked in their contract. I also can't see Clay Thompson leaving, to be completely honest with you. I can't see him leaving Golden State. Personality-wise, he seems like he enjoys being the third fiddle on a dominant team. I can't see him going to the Lakers or the Knicks, etc. That trifecta, even if Draymond falls off the face of the earth, is still a somewhat competitive... They won a championship. You know, exactly, exactly. So we're not necessarily talking about the end of the dynasty per se, maybe the end of the 70 potential win dominance we've seen the last couple of years. But again, like I would love to see KD go. That's the number one guy I want to see to yeah, get the fuck KD off that team. new challenges. Like, remember, I think, like, I think I he's, he he's sitting on the toilet taking his shit, just like, I'm done with these guys. I've already won two championships. I've proved myself. Let me go win a championship somewhere else to shut up these haters. Yeah, now he's going to go to the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, another superstar, fucking right? snake. Um, no, I think okay. I've been a Golden State fan from before the championships when they had Monte Ellis. See, I fucking hate Mike Davis beating the number one seed Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I just they were like a young, exciting team. He's honestly, a big Monte Ellis when Steven Jackson just dropping twenty two a game. Yeah, Jason Richardson, Corey McGetty, they were Anders like Bedrins, like teams that you could watch. Yeah, they're fun. And they were exciting. They Don were Nelson, exciting the back Don then. Nelson, yeah, exactly. Warriors. So I like the. 
And Shout out to Don Nelson, the I, hippie pot fucking farmer. Love that guy. Yeah, right. I <laughs> think Clay's gone. Sorry. I think Durant's gone too. Yeah. Honestly, I, I. You said that you don't think Clay's gonna leave. Well, I don't, I don't think, think he's ready to take on a new role. You think Durant's ready to take on a role? I think Clay is ready to take on a role. I don't know. Second. I don't think K1 got, got rid of the waves. on a team. I think he's a beard, the but if the other guys gone, leave, man. he's he ready. Be, Grew if, up. If the other guys leave, he be he gets that opportunity. Right? Like, like if Durant goes, it means but more shots now yeah, But he's him. not still the number one scorer. Well, still. I think a bigger question would be to you guys. He is Cl- he's is Cl- always he been is a player. Wait, wait, wait. He like, can't be the Lakers, scorer. he would be. Greg, 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 Greg. Do you think Clay Thompson is a better player with or without Kevin Durant drawing double teams on the perimeter? It helps, uh, but I don't think that's going to hurt his shooting in the long run. I think that... Whole percentages, yeah, like just everything that could defines Clay's skill set. Do you think Clay's value and his numbers are going to be impacted by the loss of Kevin Durant? I think Clay is a, is a t- kind of player where he can adapt, and I think his calling card was he was a, a spot up shooter. You know, Clay, t- uh, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, they would break down the defense, kick it to him, and he's ready mm-hmm. to shoot the ball, ready to catch it in transition, shoot the ball, and back he would cuts. get his points like that, back cuts like that, easy layups, all that stuff. I think. Clay Thompson is going to amend his game. He's going to work on his ball handling and he's going to be more of a, I don't want to say ISO player, but he's going to incorporate that style of play more and more into his game. And I think if he were to stay with the the Warriors, he's going to need to do that just because they're going to have to look for somebody to replace those mm-hmm. kind of uh, yeah. minutes and, and the kind of flow that Kevin Durant brought to the game. So, Because yeah, in theory, I agree with you, Brandon. Like The double teams like on Durant should help Clay, but statistically, I'm looking at it now, mm-hmm. he had some of his best years yeah. before Just Durant. Just a hypothetical right? question. Shots, right? right. Yeah. So like, if you look at... Uh, well, he went from 8.1 and 8.3 in the two seasons to 7.1 and 7.8. But his his percentages have been right around 43%, 42% the whole time. Right. right? Yeah. So he had 40 what they years. should do is they trade, should trade Draymond to the Lakers, re-sign Boogie, uh, uh, Katie's gonna leave I and like just it. build behind the three point like shooting of Clay and Steph, big body and the low post and cousins, filled up with like Ursa and Elisa Blafour and the shooter to three. That's a pretty decent team. Is Boogie's right? gonna get so a contract? Like somewhere Bo- Boogie's else? been rumored like to go to the Lakers. Well, well, well let, let's let's have, have a quick pit stop on this before we get to uh, our next segment, Graf. And what, let, let, give, give our listeners uh, a breakdown of Boogie Cousins this season. Is he back to full playing form or is it gonna take another year for him to get back to his All Star? I think it'll definitely take him another year year to get back he's not he's Paul not George Gordon Hayward um, and I think it's honestly kind of the wrong team too like I remember at the beginning of the year everyone said this will be perfect he can slowly yeah. integrate himself back in he looks lost out there most of the time like this pass whipping it around the side he just stands under the net and then his defense has been that's the laziest the thing yeah. I've yeah. ever seen so yeah. it's like lazier than LeBron's defense recently so and I think I, that's entirely due to not to his energy or effort, but just his injury. He's always been the man. Yeah. Even in, like all the way back to everything. He's, he's been the guy. And you look at, needs that. you look at yeah. when the Warriors won the championship, their centers always had to be the most selfless guy, whether it be, you know, uh, they brought Bogut back. McGee, Bogut. Yep. Bogut. And who's that big European guy? How am I forgetting? The guy who it? injured Kawhi Leonard the first time? Yeah. Zaza? Zaza, Zaza Pachulia. Pachulia. Yeah. David like, Lee before that. You have to yep. be yep. very, very selfless. You can't ha- like, you can't design plays you from this individual. Five guy, five yeah. ball yeah. dominant guy. Well, Brandon, teams have been, to your point, teams have been, like, when you watch teams play the Warriors now, they run one five pick and roll every time mm-hmm. and attack Cousins. Yeah. So I don't even think, like, like, they might have to bust out the Hamptons 5 lineup, right? Like, in the playoffs. I don't see Boogie closing games for them. Uh, it's going to be interesting tonight to see... Because <laughs> James Harden and Paul, they're going to run that play again and again and again and again. <laughs> All right, guys, moving down the list. Um, 
kind of with the regular season winding down, about 10, 11 games left, um, I want to talk about the Eastern Conference. We'll get to the West next week and examine if, if each of these teams sort of met your expectations you set for them at the start of the regular season. So we'll start off of Greg with the Atlanta Hawks, who are currently sitting at 23 and 45. Look at you, organized, pulling out a piece of paper from your bag. You emailed this to me, Brian. I know, I know. And remember when I sent you another message on Messenger? I'm Just like, hey, Greg, did you get the email? Your response was, are you guys here? Anyways, <laughs> uh, that's a little inside joke for us. So continue. Uh, Greg, Atlanta Hawks, had they met your expectations this season? Them. Why or why not? At 23 and 45. They're, I think that their record is just because they had guys in and out of the lineup and they've been tanking. They actually have, I like the games that we've played the Hawks, they brought really good energy. They play fast, right? I mean, defensively, they're young. They're not great, but they play hard. Um, and Trey Young ha, uh, has impressed me, as has John Collins. And I think once they get another piece, uh, they're fully ready to rebuild. And Vince Carter has impressed me too. That guy's ageless. He's going to beat Father Time. Yeah, on the Baseball Carter podcast as well. All right, we'll try to keep this quick as possible. Javon's next with Boston Celtics, sitting 41 and 27. Obviously, there's an answer to this. Javon, have they met your expectations this year? No, they haven't. They're supposed to be the number one seed in the East. What are they, number five? Wah, wah, wah. Uh, Gordon Hayward hasn't played anywhere close to what we would expected him to play. Kyrie Irving seems like he's a, a man on his own island. Um, they have chemistry issues up and that's down a good, the That's line. a very good way to put it. Started. A man on his own island, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Very good. So, yeah, I mean, very underwhelming season for them. So I mean, even Jalen Brown, you know, thinking you want to shoot the coach who's supposed to be the the, the new Greg Popovich, um, he hasn't found out a way to get everybody on the same page. Oh, that's um, been the sweetest plum, hasn't it? Wa- yeah, yeah. Wa- watching uh, that blue-eyed. If you're gonna root against anybody on that team, that why would it be man? Brad Stevens? He's the nicest guy. Of all time. I know, I hate him. <laughs> How dare you? Okay, so uh, we'll move down so, the list. I, I, I yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to try to keep these really quickly because we've got a lot to get to. Try to keep them under a minute if we can. Uh, I can't talk about them because I talked about that nauseam, so I'll throw it a graph. And Brooklyn Nets currently sitting 36 and 33. Obviously, you know the answer to this. Yeah, I'll, I'll pump your tires, Brandon. They're obviously overachieving. No, I'm joking. They're underachieving. Now, they're doing very, very well. What? <laughs> no, no one had them doing this well at the start of this Except season. for me. Um, especially with Karis LeVert getting injured. They've had quite a few different lineups. They're honestly filled with guards. Like with Spencer Dinwiddie, they got too many. Yeah. Um, and like you guys have been mentioning all year, D'Angelo Russell, the trade was definitely a win for the Nets. He's someone that looks like you can actually build a franchise around now. So, um, <laughs> Brandon's clutching look, his fist in Brandon's the Brandon's very happy. Uh, I, I hope I did you justice. Yeah, Dan from, from, with good this, in the first half. I'm from the wise half. words of Nate Diaz, I'm not surprised, motherfucker. All right, moving down the list, Charlotte Hornets hitting 30 and 37. I'm going to say this has been a disappointing season purely for the fact that Kemba Walker is coming, off a con- coming into a contract year. You do whatever you can to re-sign the face of your franchise. The greatest player to ever step foot on your court um they did a horrendous job of accumulating talent around him when when we say jeremy lamb is your second leading score behind kemba walker that's a clear indication that team has not uh, done a disservice toward kemba and the city of charlotte there doesn't really look like too many young guys in the pipeline who are blue chippers monk sort of regress bridges well, we'll see what happens with him. So, very underwhelming uh, season from the Hornets. It's not going to get any better moving forward. All right, next up, Greg, Chicago Bulls, currently sitting 19-50. and 50. That team is a mess. They're a mess. Uh, <laughs> you know what, though? They made out good on that Jimmy Butler trade, looking back. You know? 
And that's, that's what, you know, like obviously everything I say is a hit and I'm a basketball genius and so no one can touch me. I'm basically Nashadamus about basketball. <laughs> um, but one thing I'll give Graffin is that he predicted Laurie Markkanen. Like I just, you yeah. see that same type of seven foot tall European guy, silky smooth three point jump shooter as a defensive liability. I never thought he'd be the type of player he is right now. Um, I was wrong. He He's a centerpiece. He's a guy you can build around. And their expectations at the start of the season, let's be honest, were pretty low. Yeah. Right? So it's... Uh they're, they're almost even dead draw on expectations. They're, Don't forget they... They're going they for the number one pick. Jabari for Zion. They signed Jabari Parker and have already traded it. Which is why they're trying to get the number one pick. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Moving down the list. Javon, you got the 17 and 51 post LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, what a soap opera. Ooh. Holy smokes. You what a fun team, eh? Rapping, <laughs> sleeping all around the state. What a piece of shit. Basketball anymore. Uh, you got Kevin Love, who missed the entire season. He was probably in Florida. He's like, Bun Cleveland. I'll be back when it's warm. Yep. The guy came back last week, started playing. I mean, the only bright spot is they slapped up the Raptors by 30. Is Kevin Love in disguise as Tristan Thompson just hooking up of all these like Miami Same girls? Size. They might as well be. I mean, is there a season of disappointment? Like, what else could we expect? LeBron is gone. Everybody else is gone. J.R. Smith didn't play a game he in played the ha- NBA this ha- year. Half a game, right? Yeah, and he's getting paid monies. So LeBron, That's why you see LeBron? Yeah, Sorry, yeah. like, why are you His in a position to Love's not contract. play? Well, like, who are you? J.R. Smith has never been an All Star. He's been a fringe starter his entire career. Like, what? I just he's uh, been a LeBron player. He's one of those guys who. You, the only Fondles his balls in the showers. Is, is his, the shower. his big bro. His big bro. That's the only person who could ever control him. No team, no coach, no executive. The only person who could ever harness whatever J.R. Smith is, yeah. is LeBron. Mm-hmm. He's right. also owed $30 million over this year and next. So right. he's, he's a happy guy. He's on the beach, getting tatted up. Smoking, smoking a spliff, guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving down the list. Graffin, talk to me about the 34 and 32 Detroit Pistons. I think they're slightly doing better than we thought they would at the start of the season. Uh, statistically, they're they're the same as last year. Uh, 10th in defensive rating, which, if anything, you'd think that Dwayne Casey would bring that to the table and, and make them better. Uh, but they're the exact same as last year when they were under Stan Van Gundy. Um, honestly, the Pistons are, are a team that I'm... As a Raptors fan, I'm kind of scared of in the playoffs. Like I'd rather place Brooklyn than them in the playoffs, just simply because of this Dwayne Casey. Yeah, the Dwayne Casey curse. For the yeah, yeah he's just every game we face them, he's just wants to win by a, a million. And points. just the evolution of Blake Griffin so, as well. Briefly, yeah. you know, he's really become. I've a, always liked the two big men experiment. Mm-hmm. Like even when it worked in the experiment. In, well, when Boogie <laughs> yeah. and Anthony Davis did yeah. it with the Pelicans, yeah. it worked. Yeah. Like look how far they got, and it, they, they, they went did further well. without him though. Well, in the no, playoffs, he got, he got injured. If he was playing in the Again, playoffs, I agree. Gone deep. Who knows what so? could they, they had already turned it around by the time he got injured. I was watching that team. Yeah. Back to the Pistons. I think they're slightly overachieving. I think we would have had them as like a 500 team this year. But they look, they're a seventh. The they're seventh. They're right now facing us in the playoffs. And they're two games above 500. So All right, moving better than we thought. Moving down the list, I got the 43 and 25 Indiana Pacers. I'm going to 100% say that this season has met my expectations, even in lieu with Victor Oladipo's injury. 
um, when they were when they were playing. You know, before the season started, everyone sort of predicted who would be the powerhouse of the Eastern Conference: Philadelphia, Toronto, Milwaukee was a sexy pick, but no one was really bringing up the Pacers. Victor Oladipo just transformed that team into a contender. They were right up there with the upper echelon of the East before he got injured. And fuck, when Victor went down, I know they've been struggling recently, but they've been playing some fantastic ball led by Bogdan Bogdanovich, Miles Turner, Demonis Sabonis has emerged as a, a incredible uh from core mate with Turner. Um, I just really like the makeup of this team. You can see the complimentary pieces are there. When uh, Oladipo comes back next season, you might be talking about an Eastern Conference Finals contender. Yeah. Uh, moving down sure. the list, uh, we got the Miami Heat with Greg, 31 and 35. Yeah, I'm, it's a, I'm a little disappointed, I thought, uh, with the, you know, I'm a big Pat Riley fan and the system that he put in there. Mind you, like, you know, Dragic was injured. Mm-hmm. Dion Waiters was Dion, over. Dion Heat Check Waiters was injured, and Bill, those are actually important guys for what they're doing there. I think what I've been following is now, you know, they've moved away from Whiteside. He's coming off the bench. Well, Josh Richardson's yeah, has been an absolute revelation yep. this John season. And Bam Bam, Bam, Bam. Mm-hmm. Bam bio, man, he can switch. That one five, because that's what teams are doing again. Yeah. They're just attacking Whiteside. Justice Winslow's look good at writing the point as well. Yeah, yeah. there but, are. So a little bit disappointed, but considering all the injuries, there's a lot of silver linings in a very disappointing season. Um, all right, moving down the list, we're going to go to the number one team in the Eastern Conference, the 51 and 17 Milwaukee Bucks. Javon, cool. have they met your expectations this season? Um, I think they've underachieved just a, a little bit. I what? Think that, I think oh, look at this contrarian this hot, take? hot take. No kidding. There's a few. There's a few games where I thought uh, the new coach could have made some different adjustments. You know, maybe got rid of like all that size clogging up the paint. Uh, get some more shooters out there. No, I'm just joking. They, they've over. <laughs> I'm like, where are we going saying. here? <laughs> like they, they stole the mantle from the Raptors. I thought the Raptors, well, I knew the Raptors were the best team coming in when they had JV and then they decided to can him for some strange reason. So, you know, they've, they've taken over the, the mantle yeah. of the best team. You in, got me in, on that one, Joe. And you know what's guy. key has been, has been Lopez. Yes. Oh my Lopez God. Yeah, key. Lopez. But you know what's even more key? The guy you affectionately called Bud and Schmuckle last year, who you were <laughs> convinced is on a good coach. Coach of the year, man. Budenholz is going to get coached. Listen, we, 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 throw, some, we throw some insane it. predictions yeah, on this what? pod. Best team in the league when they went to the playoffs and still lost to LeBron? Who? His Atlanta Hawks. Remember that year? I think it was like four years ago. Yeah, he got the best out of a I group of saying. fucking. Yeah. Yeah, you got. <laughs> Hey, Jake Kidd was on the starters the other day. He wants to, he wants to coach again. Yeah, he's that gonna LA have to, job is calling. I think no. putting himself out there. Maybe maybe yeah, he's tired on loose team. What maybe are you talking about? Javon is Ryerson looking for a new assistant because fucking Jason Kidd could be an option there, and maybe a fucking water boy for a bit. Like that guy's got to start from the fucking bottom. Penny Hardaway is up to becoming a <laughs> disrespect. coach. Disrespect. Fucking disrespect. I mean, you're gonna get angry about this. All right, moving down the list. Um, new York Knicks, <laughs> thirteen and fifty-five. Graffin, talk to me about doing the Knicks. Amazing. Right now, they're number one. Um, in the- like, was that the intention coming this season though? Yeah, that's what With I mean. Porzingis to the ACL They're injury. Doing exactly okay. what they what they wanted to do. But they the also traded Kristaps Porzingis for nothing. Yeah, but uh, again, like they were that factors Durant. into the season. They're tanking right now to clear salary to get Durant and Curry. Yeah, but you like also Durant and Irving. Like that's I'm, their mindset. It's right the now. last point I always said it before man. when Porzingis got traded. But you don't trade a franchise cornerstone for hypothetical uh, cap space. Someone to sign a hypothetical free agent. Like that's just a crazy move. Yeah, but but, but I can mind, see where you're coming the from. The owner is n- it's not hypothetical. And we'll talk about James Dolan a little bit later in the podcast. So I got the 31 and 37 Orlando Magic. I I think they've had a I think they've met 
their expectations coming into the season. Um, obviously, you know, some of the guys, you know, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba, Evan Fournier, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, have kind of emerged as, you know, complementary pieces. But the bigger issue with the Orlando Magic this season, at least in my opinion, is that they haven't really developed a number one all-star, a number one face of the organization type, a guy that they can depend on on a nightly basis. They've drafted in the top five for how many years in a row, and they can never really sort of bring in that guy that like that that face of the team type they've always been sort of hypothetical upside and just not one defining player hey brandon 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 Brandon, i get all that but how are you not going to show no love to my guy terrence ross former raptor just lighting it up the past few weeks how are you not going to show him love it's crazy that he wasn't like they didn't decide to flip like because i think they're in a playoff picture what during the deadline they were fighting for the eastern conference seven or eight seed so i guess they wanted to make the playoffs that's a foolish mistake because i think terrence ross correct me if i'm wrong could have commanded a first round pick based on the way he's been playing this year sort of three and d skill set bringing back a little nostalgia from toronto you know the 50 uh, point game i don't think he would have got a first round draft pick you think so i don't know because he's still in his prime he's young what is he like 26 27 not even no he's like 28 29 no, yeah. no, same year as no, drummond no. 26 27 he came same year as, or a year after jv and he is officially 28 years old born february 5th 1991 yeah see if we were having this conversation in january he'd be 27 yeah but i don't have a fucking time machine <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm just saying, I'm just saying. Uh, no, wrong right now ne- you're wrong then next up uh sitting 43 and 25 the philadelphia 76ers greg what is your impression of this organization at this point in the season? You know, I could see them making one of the trades that they made, but making two of them, I just don't see how a team assembled this way. When you talk about Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris both coming aboard, mm-hmm. can get to the finals. They just haven't had enough time, right? Like, how could you possibly get the most out of your talent? Right? It's not like with the Raptors where like you're bringing in these like auxiliary pieces, complementary pieces, yeah. like, like you know, little tweaks. But you're talking about, you know, uh, like all your players are like young, like in their prime and like all want the ball. I mean, look, they have a great record. JJ Reddick's playing out of his mind. They've looked so good recently when Joel Embiid's been back. Yeah. I, I Again, I just, I can't. I just don't think it's possible with to get it all together in time. Quick hypothetical question. So you just mentioned they brought in two players through trade this year, Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler. All if, in. if you're in a situation where they were both tied to a chair and there was a massive knife dangling above each of the respective heads and you had to press a button and that would release said knife, that guy would die and the other guy would continue his season with the 76ers. Jimmy Butler. I'd you would kill Jimmy Butler? Well, yeah, just because he's, he's a bit of a goon. Like no, he's I would. Been, he's been a. Uh, I would probably take up Tobias Harris because we've been killing Philadelphia when they when when they have Ben Simmons and Embiid. Oh, from and, that perspective, yeah. Well, I'm not talking about actually. Can I kill Embiid? <laughs> I'm talking about the Raptors' playoff chances. I'd like to kill Embiid. Like, like in the hypothetical situation yeah. I propose, or just in general? No, in the hypothetical, because he's the most dangerous. And to to Jovan's point about Valanciunas, <laughs> that wasn't an option. Like, wasn't he, I thought JV was untradeable because we have to deal with this monster in the playoffs, and I'm wondering how Gasol will fare against him. He's too slow. Dude, we got Mitch Moreland. We're uh, fine. What's his name? Embiid's going to run circles around. Boucher, man. Boucher would get literally swallowed alive by Embiid. All right, we're going to end this one, this section, this quarter with, uh, well, I'm going to give it to Graffin because I know Graffin's got some hate to throw toward the 28 and 39 Washington Wizards. No, I'll be quick because they don't deserve any time. Uh, the Wizards suck. They're 
Just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave it at that. It's obvious that the, yeah, I mean, obviously John Wall. They're better without John Wall. But still, this team is supposed to be in the gun with Indiana and maybe the 76ers for that fringe 4 5 6 spot. They're not even in the playoffs. So just, 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 that's it. Alrighty, jumping to the third quarter. I'm going to hand off the hosting duties over to Christian Graffin because he has a suggestion for a brand new seating system in the NBA. Um, I've had a few beers today for the playoffs sorry I've had a few beers today it's not overly complicated but I'm making it a little more complicated than it is so Christian can you enlighten me yes so there's so there's it, I can explain it in four steps and Dromon you haven't heard this yet at all no um, have not so I'll try to explain it uh, as simply as possible I think that the playoffs need to be changed because right now there's so many games down the stretch that don't really matter the regular season in general we've been saying this for a while hasn't really mattered quite enough. So the first thing I would do is when the playoffs come, I would say your team record is sort of considered overall and you're seeding one through 16. So you're eliminating the conferences and you're looking one through 16. So right away, every game matters now at the end of a season because you're not contending against seven other teams. You're contending against 15 other teams for playoff seeding. Um, there's more mystery in matchups. Travel isn't really an issue anymore. Less nope. predictability. Um, and again, like I said, you, you want to win every game in the regular season and make them all count. Um, two, and this is where it gets a little crazy, but I would have a play-in wildcard game for the 13, 14, 15, and 16 seeds in where it's like baseball, where it's a wild card game, literally one game, and it's those teams facing off against each other. And the, reason, and the reason I would have that, no, the, the team with a better record would have it. It would be 13 against 16, 14 against 15. And the reason I would have that is because I want the top two teams in the NBA to get a bye. Mm. So, for instance, and I have this all down for this year, what it would mean for every team, so you guys can get it. But those top two teams get a bye. They can be from the same conference. And the reason for this is to... Well, A, allow the top two teams in the NBA to face each other in the finals. As opposed to, exactly. Winning. It incentivizes winning. And plus, you get that break, of course, for the mm. first round of the playoffs. So, incentive to keep winning. Exactly, which is huge. You also get to face a team that's not only played a wild card game, but a seven game series after that. And again, it's a reason to not sort of tank in the regular season. So, it, it's, it sort of establishes that. And then everything else is just played out per usual with the seeds. Yeah. So this year, what this means is that the buys would have been Milwaukee and the Raptors right now. Or this was about a week ago I had this. But the buys were Milwaukee and the Raptors would have had a buy in the first records. round because we have the top records. In the, N- in the NBA? In the NBA. This was, again, this was five okay. days ago when okay. I had this. Okay. Golden State would be facing the winner of the, of the Spurs in Detroit who would be playing in a wild card game. The other wild card game would be Brooklyn and Sacramento. And they'd be facing Denver. And then you have Indiana versus the Clippers, Philly versus Utah, OKC versus Boston, and Portland versus Houston. And in my mind, that just makes the playoffs, the first round at least, so much more interesting than the Raptors versus the Pistons and the Heat versus the Milwaukee. But it's just, I think that we need sort of a little bit more of a change. I don't know if this is exactly perfect. But at the same time, if you go through it, the bye week and the playdowns. I like it because it adds more competitiveness, especially in that wild card game. There's yeah. there's more of that flair that you get with like football and, and the MLB. Plus, everyone will be watching that game, like yeah. in the wild card game. So, so if you're yeah. a team like like I said, like the Sacramento Kings this year, as opposed to going in a series against Golden State or Houston where you get swept, yeah, and by game. I don't know, by the third quarter of the fr- of game one, you people have already stopped, uh, t- tuned out. Mm. You now get a game where you're on national television and you're the focus the entire Also, night. the crisscrossing between the Eastern and Western Conference, um, like you were sort of doing a hypothetical matchup You were when you sent me the list. Yep. Brooklyn, Sacramento, for example. 
that's a fucking fantastic, fantastic, fantastic matchup. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like looking back, like remember the Raptors, the Rose and Lowry. If we were talking about this a few years ago, you and I, Graf, yep. Clippers, Raptors in the seven game series, how fucking great of a series would that be? And just different totally looks. You know what I mean? The same redundancy we see every single season with all the same teams. OKC Boston. Hey, Graf, like, yeah. better copyright been, that. But look, Boston hasn't been doing that well this year. And in my little list here, they're slid, slid all the way down to 10th. Wow. At the time, yeah. but again, I also have Houston at ninth, which now, prob- in reality, they've probably gone up so much. So again, it just makes every game really, really count, and every the, night in the NBA, the only matter, the only crux in the like, the only thing I would say about this is, though, the league is very stratified, um, and there's obvious drop off with the bottom that portion of the league. So if we are talking about 13, 14, 15, 16 seeds sort of playing each other in a one off to make the playoffs, you know, I don't know the separation between the 13 and the 16 seed. We might be talking about. 10 15 win difference between those teams, and that 16 seed may not deserve to be in the playoffs whatsoever. But, but overall, then we get a gen- Cinderella story, possibly. right? Right, 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 right. Like, again, a team that's not supposed to be there. Wins but I don't think it's going to be that drastic since you're eliminating okay. conferences, right? It's like March Madness, how they okay, did so, that. So, yes, two, exactly. so, two issues. First of all, but yeah, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm no, I want criticism. Some issue, it's constructive criticism. Thank you. So, two issues <laughs> that I can see A, um, by eliminating. So now we don't have conference champions. And I could see the the old hats of the league, right? Like the the old people that are being on tradition not liking that. Like Kobe Bryant. I still want there to be the conference. I think and, and I think season. that's just, it's just when the playoffs come it gets Oh, so you know what actually way. yeah, then you could you, you could still have it. You're the conference champ if you win the regular season. Yeah. Right? Um they still do division champs, right? See, that's I, I don't know. They do, but it but it's it not means a big more deal. in hockey than it does in the NBA. They yeah. made that less uh but and the, but the second issue, which I think might be more of an issue, is are there less games now? Yes. For, okay. The league wants revenue, right? The economics. Yeah, I'm just thinking yeah. like 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 for them, like they'd be like, oh, well, now there's less games, less advertisement space. I agree with you. Like, but is the, the content be better? better? That's what yeah, I mean. The product would be better. And I think that's something that has been the biggest criticism of the NBA and playoffs. And that will make them more well. money in the long run. Right? Like, everyone criticizes Golden State's going to walk through, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, you, you don't really know now. Yeah. They could face, look, in, this, in round two, I have Milwaukee versus either Portland or Houston, Toronto facing OKC or Boston, Ugh. and then Golden State facing either Philly or Utah, and Denver facing Indiana or the, or the Lakers or the Clippers. And so you, you know, just don't know. And there's more parity in the league now, so I think the competitiveness would gear towards more viewership anyways. Yeah. And I think, like, like you, the one thing I was thinking was like, yeah, like, gra- uh, like, uh, Greg said. Like Greg said. Haven't been in the pod for a while, eh, fucker? <laughs> like Greg said, there's a fall off in terms of the amount of games. But the quality of the games that you do get might produce more viewers. Okay, so... And the the, the, the advertise, advertisements might cost more money. So, you know, you might be able to balance it out like that. Dream matchup. What is your dream matchup? If we're, like opening series, like any cross Eastern Western Conference. Okay, dream Boston. matchup, yeah? Sounds OKC great. Boston? I know. I know, I would like that. Too. Or Philly Houston. Yeah. Philly Houston would be really nice. I'm on board. 100%. I think they need I think something has to happen. I don't know yeah. if it has to be this drastic, but I would like I would love this to happen. I don't know. Adam Silver seems like a guy who likes to change things up, but it would have to be introduced step by step. Fucking you know Nosferatu. He does though. He does. Like he's changed it up like 
like not in like a, a grand thing like this, but just in terms of, you know, the jerseys and how there's like all these different kind of jerseys There's no longer home and away jerseys. There's no guys can wear whatever yep. color shoes well, they want. Like he's a, he's a pretty, he's if a pretty the rate, If the ratings aren't good this year for the NBA playoffs, kind of there's no logic maintaining the current model is the only reason why I support Graffin's suggestion. Look, baseball, the oldest, most stuck yeah. up sport yeah. in the world added a wild card game a few years ago if they can make change to their system sure. I think the NBA to, yeah. is the most progressive so yeah. they easily should be able to especially if it makes sense which I think but, this okay does. so you'd have to get buy-in from all the teams right and I suspect a lot of teams in the east wouldn't like this because well look at the top five in the east right now is, is are really good yeah no yeah you're right I think the only I think another way that for this to work what you would have to cut down on the number of regular season games because it kind of makes the seating sort of pointless if that makes sense. You know what I mean? If you're doing the 13, 14, 15, and 16 matchup to get into the playoffs, I would cut the season down to 16, I which, I, I, which I've been a supporter of for a while. I don't think you, you have to, to because again, you've already cut the season down a little bit with the playoff games. Exactly. I think, I think if anything, it makes teams like the Raptors, for instance, uh, how much load management with Kawhi right, but if you're put in? Yeah. Right, but if your season, like I know it's a sort of stupid thing to say because baseball is a wild kind of play 162 games, but again, if your season coming down to one specific game, you know, it does kind of seem pointless to have 82 game build up toward this one eventuality. But again, that just makes every... Uh, to me, that makes every game matter more. I guess it gets more dramatic as the season gets closer to the end. From a fan, The thing is, like, if you play 82 games and you're expecting a seven-game series against... Or you're expecting a, a best-of-seven series against a number one seed, chances are you're only going to have four more games and all of those games are going to be blowouts. Right. Except for the rare occasion when yeah. you have the Pelicans vi- for, uh, yeah. facing Golden State. But they still got swept in four games. They just, just, the games are just more competitive. Yeah. So I think a lot of those games, they're blowouts anyways. Right, so. and there'd be a huge battle for that second and third seed because yeah, second yeah, yeah. gets a bye. Yeah, third has to play a team, right? Like who knows? Like, you have to play a full round, four games, and then like, and I, then those teams who are in the wild card would have like the the moniker. Oh, I see what you're I saying. The next round. I just don't think because I that's where I agree with Greg and Jovan in mm-hmm. the sense that financially, I don't think you can have less games. Right, I think that's where they'd have to make up for it and not increase the games by any means, but at least have 82 and just not mess with the regular season. Well, or maybe they could do a wild card be, series. A wild like like a best of three wild card series instead there, of a there's one. There's so game. many ways to do it, but again, like I just nah. think that if the playoff ratings for the NBA aren't as good this year, or if people start talking like they did the other year, how one team just walks through and wins it all, we all know it. There's going to be a more call out for hey, something to happen to this. You know what's going to be the catalyst? The Raptors are going to make the finals, and they'll be like, "Oh, we clearly have to change things up." <laughs> oh, for sure. If the Raptors win, we're definitely going yeah. to that structure, guaranteed. Yep. All right, guys, going to the last quarter of the podcast, uh, the Diamond Pizza sponsor, not sponsored, uh, <laughs> segment, uh, Greg's gripe. So I'll do a little lead up uh, for your gripe. James Dolan, who is the owner of the New York Knicks, uh, unfortunately banned a Nick fan for life for simply stating to him. Um, sell the team. You know, James Dolan already has a pretty sketchy history when it comes to player-fan relations. He's already the guy most notoriously known for forcing his goon security guards to drag poor Charles Oakley outside of the arena after a drunken stupor. Just a quick thing here. I'm reading his Wikipedia page. Oh, I was doing um, <laughs> Throughout his early adult life, Dolan battled drug and alcohol problems. Okay, fine. And was reportedly known for having a vile, volatile temper. I just find that funny. Like you add, like he's a drug and he's an asshole as well. So, you know what, Brandon? You're and fired up. You I know what? This, yeah, I'm really fired up here. You know what? This really bothers me too because it's such a snapshot of the problem in America, 
right? North America, but specifically the USA, where, like you say, this guy who was a shithead most of his life inherits a team from his father, right? Has absolutely no social skills, doesn't deserve it. Lead singer of JD in the straight shots. Yeah, like way. tries to, yeah, spends his adult life chasing some some dream, even though he has no <laughs> talent, buys his way, buys his way into, into opening up for other bands, right? And like, if you watch, you know, if you watch the clip too, the guy wasn't even being overly disrespectful. Sorry, I gotta pause for one second. I'm just reading this. On August 1st, 2018, Dolan's band released a song titled I Should Have Known, inspired by sexual harassment. What? <laughs> Christ. Problems. No, but it's like, you know, it's the moment that we're living in, right? And that makes this even worse for me, right? Like, the story just broke, too, in the U.S. about how all these, uh, like, rich parents in the United States are are, are buying their way um, into American universities by claiming that their kids play varsity sport, but really they don't play varsity sport and they hire a private consulting firm do you know the greatest photos of their kids playing like lacrosse even though they're not actually doing it the best part about the story was was that one guy who was like a consultant or the the second in command to the guy who sort of funded this sort of fake institution this guy wrote all the tests so basically the parent would go up to this guy and say my daughter scored 65 percent on her sats can you get it to 75 like a manageable uptick to make it think that she's not cheating on the actual exam yeah. so the guy would go and do that test and intentionally go out to get 75 percent, and he just consistently did it back and back i kind of applaud the guy's mental intellect and the acumen to be able to handle that but again it's kind of a disgusting story continue See, with dolan no i'm sorry no so so it to me it's like it's it's not just that that uh that he did it it's like what he represents and how he's like driven this franchise. Like growing up to me, like I was in Madison Square Garden last year, beautiful arena. You know, the Knicks fans say what you want. Like that place is always full. It's a storied franchise and he's just driven it. Mecca basketball. And for years you've been telling me this, Brandon, for years. And it wasn't until the Charles Oakley incident that I really started paying attention to this guy. And this was just the last straw to me. I thought it was absolutely disgusting. Well, even the Phil Jackson hiring was like some desperate attempt to sort of reclaim his image in New York. And that obviously backfired him. But you didn't like, even let Phil see it through. If you're gonna hide, if you're gonna, you know what Phil I mean. Phil didn't want to do it. Phil was like, "Okay, I don't want to do it, but if you're gonna pay me all this money, then I guess I'll be a fit." Yeah, man. yeah. He's he, he's <laughs> he back. Him. He's back he in fucking. Walled his brain. He's back in the Caribbean, smoking his clove cigarettes and smoking <laughs> his really shitty weed out of an old, disgusting bong, wearing Sitting the same T-shirt for a couple weeks on end. No, I. He, we're, we're, we're diverging into a different conversation, but Phil Jackson was a dumpster fire with or without James Dolan up in like when he was with the Knicks. But you're absolutely right. Like we're we're talking about Rucker Park. We're talking about the most important basketball city in the world, and he's just single-handedly destroying everything, everything that city has developed and grown Sounds organically. Like Manhattan. Look, the most, the last winningest coach in New York, or the GM, I should say, since 1996-1997 season was Glenn Grunwald. I was about to say when Glenn he Grunwald. when he was. Of course, I want to bring up Glenn Grunwald. Glenn, he's my boy. But of course, he's the last coach for the Knicks. He had a 54 win season in 2012 and 13. Before that, they haven't won anything since they won 57 in 96-97. He's GM of Canada Basketball now, he right? He's the GM. It's top down. I honestly think every organization's top down. If you have a bad top, like James Dolan or a bad owner or anything like that, but it just permeates all the way through. The coach sucks. Like. Explain to me these rumors about Durant then. Like, are they... It bothers me that, okay, so LA gets LeBron... Durant's a snake. And New York gets gets Durant. It, what, just because you guys can build your brand there? 
Yeah, Durant sucks. They've, right. they've already they've already done what they've got to do well, in this basketball and game. And the difference is LeBron had a brand in LA already that he was going to, right? Yeah. And he's at the end of his career. Durant's still arguably prime, and he's going oh, yeah, to New York prime. because he just wants to go to New York with Kyrie, uh, from what I've heard, from you on the shitter. <laughs> Maybe he just wants to be the next member of JD and the Straight Shots. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, just a quick shout out to Canada and FIBA dominated Venezuela to close out the tournament. Yeah. They're looking Angel. fantastic uh, come no tournament NBA time. Players, just straight talent. Yep. And we'll talk to Wayne Parrish hopefully relatively soon about FIBA and Canada basketball. Nice. But with that, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can catch us on... You can catch us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and uh, follow all the social media. T-Sport Matters on Instagram if it ever gets back up today. And Twitter, of course. And don't forget about the two giveaway. Of course, we still have the two giveaway, which is ending this Sunday. Guys, retweet, like the post. I'll repost. I'll retweet it again. But we're giving away five toques. I'm wearing one right now, and I'm sweating my ass off. All right, guys. Really nice toques. Catch us on Instagram at T-Sport Matters. We have the best social media presence online for any Toronto-based podcast. Javon, what you got, brother? So uh, my basketball team, Toronto Basketball Academy, has their playoffs starting next Wednesday, continuing into the weekend. We got to win four straight games to win the Canada title, the National Preparatory Association. So hopefully we can close that out, get those four straight dubs, and uh, I can come back to this show with uh, some good news, TBA. We're expecting it. Good luck, man. Good luck. Anything new, Greg? Any of the girls uh, playing some soccer? I got updates coming. Don't worry. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Peace out, Toronto. 0.2 seconds to go. Vince Carter, you